Ryan Pace has done such an amazing job of building the last three years. We have a lot of depth. We feel like we're going to have a great opportunity offensively to, to do what we need to do. And the time is now. We know that. It's Hogan Johns. Come Sunday or Monday, Thursday, wherever time it is, we be prepared. Like my success doesn't really matter as much as the team's success. You can feel the energy, the juice, the swag coming back. It's a fun time to be a Chicago Bear. From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogan. Adam Hogan. You are the father. Daddy. And from the, from the Athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. It truly is beauty and the beast. I might add a handsome beast at that. It's the Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. It's Packer Week. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you, breaking down what I believe is a very significant game against Green Bay, both small picture and this season and big picture beyond. Uh, It's time for the Bears to make some movement in this series. Welcome in. This podcast is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. What's up, Johns? What's going on? Week six, Packers, Bears. It does make a week six matchup feel a little bit more important, does it not? It does, and I appreciate the early season matchup. It's still early season. But like last year, they we both games were played in December last year. Yeah, kind of odd, right? Or the second one was in January, technically. But like they didn't Even see worse. the Packers until December. <laughs> it was a, well, I don't mind the end of season matchup against Green Bay. It's just let's spread them out a little bit more. They played too close together. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you always got to have <laughs> our trip to Minneapolis at the end of the season, so you got to make oh, sure that's Lord. on there again. This year, I think that game occurs in March. With the way the season keeps getting pushed back. So eventually, they keep adding games. That game against Minneapolis will get played in the summer, and we will finally get to enjoy the nice summer weather of Minnesota. But uh, for now, it's... In year, what, 2033? Literally every year you and I have covered the team, we've never been... It's never been nice weather in Minnesota when that game gets played. It's a great town. I love it. I'm, I'm going there on the bye week. Like I love Minnesota, but it's like... It's better in the summer, just like Chicago. People don't want to come to Chicago in December, although you could still get like the Christmas. Well, I don't want to drive to Green Bay in the winter either, but here we go yeah. again. I mean, Green Bay is kind of the same year round, if we're being honest. Um, welcome Ouch. in. It is. Let I got all kinds talk of sh- begin. I got all kinds of shots this week. We're about to play one of them. Apparently, I didn't yeah. actually mean it as a shot. It's just sort of a fact, but I guess it came off that way. So. Uh, Lots to talk about. Our our buddy Mike Heller, you've heard him on the podcast before. We love talking to him about the Packers. He'll be on to preview uh, this game, and uh, we'll we'll jump into the matchups, make our picks. Some good games around the NFL this week, too. Decent one even tonight. Decent one, I guess. Bucks and Eagles. I like the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is fun to watch. So uh, plenty to get to here on the podcast. Welcome in. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at, at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E. He's at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Uh, let's see. I got a film review up this morning on the uh, physical nature of some of the blocks that were made. It's like a different team. It's about tape. time, right? It's right. about time. I mean, some of these highlights some, were just some pancakes. Awesome. I know like the James Daniels one is the viral clip, but I feel like Jason Peters delivers at least one per game where he's putting some defender on his back. Yeah, it was like a freight train coming through. Jimmy Graham's getting involved, running over multiple guys. It's like, okay, that's a pretty good sign that this thing is um, kind of contagious and 
at least in that game, it was. And now you got to keep that going this week against the Packers. So you can find that at NBCSportsChicago.com. Johnsy's coverage, the Fishman's coverage, all up on TheAthletic.com slash Hogan Johns. And uh, you can watch us on YouTube. Check out our shirts, ObviousShirts.com. Plenty to get to there. All right, so um, kind of an interesting angle that was brought up immediately in Justin Fields' press conference. I'll admit I didn't really think about it this way, but the guy did play in the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, which is a good one. Now he's For here. one game, but yeah. Well, that's the thing. It was only one game because they didn't play last year. He did demolish Michigan, though. And um, so anyway, this was going around Twitter yesterday. And I think Dan Weeder asked the original question, just like kind of playing in the rivalry. And then uh, this is I've got the audio for you. This was uh, my follow up. Just you said, the Bears uh, are kind of a Michigan in this rivalry against the Packers. <laughs> what's the, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I guess what's your, what do you feel like is the key to be a part of this, turning that around? Uh, executing and uh, making plays. Um, of course, we know they're talented on offense and defense, so um, it's just going to come down to executing and making plays. The best part of that is not what was said, but what you could actually see from Justin Fields. He did not move. No. <laughs> he did not move. I don't think he appreciated your your comparison. Neither did Hubarkish. <laughs> well, so I'll play the beginning of it again. Might have to turn it up a little bit here. So see if you can hear it. Just what you said, the Bears uh, are kind of the Michigan in this rivalry against the Packers. <laughs> what's the what's happening? <laughs> I guess what's your So I'll be honest, like I I didn't mean that as a shot. It's just a fact. It was just like me following up from one question to the other. Like, dude, the Bears are Michigan in this rivalry. If not worse, over a three-decade span, it's probably even worse. And uh, you played at Ohio State. You know about being uh, the Aaron Rodgers of this rivalry, right? So how are you going to flip it? Like, I think it's a fair question. And so I don't know. But... um. You know, if it pissed off Justin Fields, you're welcome, Bears fans. <laughs> there you go. Also pissed off Hub Arkish. Well, Hub, yeah, Hub's a Michigan guy, so no, he took Michigan fan. Yes, yeah. And we'll, we'll occasionally wear big shirts with big M's on them to Alice Hall, but it's probably good he interjected because otherwise it might have been a little awkward. Because Justin was just staring like straight into my soul. <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah. Be sure to watch the video because it's on Twitter everywhere. Is he doesn't move? <laughs> Literally well, doesn't move. And I saw some of those tweets like, "Oh, Bears, Bears reporters trying to joke about." I'm telling you, that wasn't a joke. I was like, it's just a true fact. You got to embrace it. Now, what I will say is, I I would be very encouraged by Justin Fields' reaction to that. Like, I think it was telling. I think it was. Uh, oh, yeah. he didn't like it. Didn't seem to like it. Is it getting darker where you are? Like, is there a solar eclipse going on? <laughs> yeah. If you're watching on YouTube right now, John's, I don't, I think he has the lights off. There's what is going on with you? Passing storm clouds. I'm using natural light. Well, so, so I do I, these in my so dining room. So am I. Yeah. I don't have well, a, I don't have a, a few artificial miles apart light. here in the, you know, the northeast part of Illinois. It's it looks now. like I'm in Florida, though, and you're in Alaska in January. <laughs> There are a lot of clouds outside. Rainy yeah. day. I could turn on the light for you. No, no, it's fine. I just, it's, you know, 
Got to entertain our YouTube crowd. There we go. There we Look go. Look at this. The brightness. You've seen the light. Um, I don't know. Big picture-wise, though, Justin Fields, though, entering this this rivalry seems like a significant deal. And um, I, 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 and I think even more like smaller picture to this season, regardless of who's playing quarterback, the big question is, maybe we should be doing this in big questions, but just like, can the Bears keep this momentum going? I think the timing of this game is very interesting. You're one game back in the North. You lose, you fall two games back. You win, you're right there back up there with the Packers. And I think you're kind of announcing yourself as a legitimate contender in this division. It seems like an important game. Like, I know it's mid-October, but it's a pretty important game. Matt Nagy is selling it as what? A great opportunity? He tried to couch a little bit because it is early in the season. Mid-October, week six. Yeah, yeah, it's a big one for him. He's only beaten the Bears or beaten the Packers once. So take that and think about that for a little bit. One and five. Very good, good against very good against the rest of the division. I saw Matt LaFleur's record though against the North is twelve and one. Well it helps to have twelve and one. I was, you know, <laughs> we're we're gonna hear from Mike Heller here in a little bit. I was on his show yesterday and he asked me like an interesting question I hadn't really thought about, but he asked me like what the outside view of Matt LaFleur is. And I'm and I'm kind of like, well, it's like hard to give Matt Lafleur too much credit because it's just like everything goes back to Aaron Rodgers. I feel correct, like. but I, like it's like I don't know. There's nothing wrong with Matt Lafleur. I don't think anyone has a strong opinion about him at this point. It's just it's it's Aaron Rodgers. It's already a great player. Is he making him greater? I don't know. I think he needs a Super Bowl for that to come to fruition. Go Bears. Isn't that- isn't that the expectation? Um, yeah, absolutely. That's it, right? If if you and Mike wanna... McCarthy won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, and most people don't consider him to be that great of a coach. There you go. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's do this. Let's uh, get a little bit more insight on the Green Bay Packers, shall we? And Mike Heller bring him in. Find out what's going on with this team that started off horrendously against the New Orleans Saints in week one, but is now 4-1 and have turned things around. But quite frankly, very lucky to be 4-1 after Mason Crosby missed all those kicks last week before finally making the game winner. So we bring him in, Mike Heller. Follow him on Twitter, at Heller Sports. And you can hear him on your radio dial if you're up in Wisconsin or as I like to do during Packer Week, stream you guys online. Yep. Mike, here we go again. Another Bears-Packers game. A little bit different this time because Justin Fields is involved. I think that should add something to this uh, rivalry going forward. Um, but I think the big question is, how long is Aaron Rodgers going to be a part of this thing? So yeah. where are the Packers right now after that crazy offseason? They're sitting 4-1. Things seem pretty good right now, I guess. Yeah, I think so. You know, they, they got off to a, a lousy start against New Orleans in week one. But since then, they, they have been um, really good. Uh, you know, not just good, but but really good. There's a red zone issue on both sides, offensively and defensively. We'll get to in a couple of minutes. But um, but they have been the Rodgers, Devontae Adams connection has been ridiculous uh i think they account for 73 percent of their offense right now um which is that's a little dangerous but uh, until somebody stops that 
the Rodgers thing is really interesting, Adam, because I don't think he's going to be here next year, but some of that is results driven. Um, it, it's going to be a really interesting season into another off season. But my expectation is when they lopped the final year off the contract, that it was the out clause. And I think that there's going to be an out. What did the, the the Saints do in week one? Would you just consider that week one wackiness? Because I don't know if the Saints are really that good. Maybe their defense is okay. But if you, if you look back at that game, what can yeah. the Bears draw from it, especially when it comes to running the football? I think that was the casualty, John, of the offseason. I, I thought it was a poorly prepared game plan on Green Bay's part. Um, I, I thought that the scheme that New Orleans brought, Aaron and, and Matt LaFleur talked about it after week one, that uh, it's not what New Orleans has done to them defensively in the past. They went too high safeties and dared the Packers to get the ball out quickly and for Aaron to take the first easy, correct read. He didn't do it. They didn't do it. Um, so all day long, uh, it was an odd game. I think the Packers had two possessions in the first half and they were nothings. Um, and then they got out of their game plan because the defense wasn't good again, uh, good enough against new Orleans. I, I, I think that's what we've seen since then is that green Bay has, especially with offensive line injuries, they went to quick rhythm throws. Uh, I believe in the game against San Francisco, uh, Aaron's average throw time was less than two and a half seconds. And his numbers were amazing. And it's what a lot of us who are sometimes critical of this future first ballot Hall of Famer, um, when we've been critical, it's that Aaron bypasses the good waiting for the great. And that's caused him problems in the past. It either forces throwaways or there's a sack. He doesn't throw interceptions. But uh, in week one, they waited too long. And since then, they've gone quick rhythm and they've mixed it up really well against uh, good defenses. So, and I think Matt said earlier, Matt LaFleur said earlier this week that the Bears defense will be the best defense they've faced so far. Some of that might be game week because San Francisco's got pretty good defense, but I also think they believe it. Yeah, I think that that's probably the case. I mean, the the Bears defense has been pretty impressive the last few weeks, um, and they're they lead the league in sacks right now. So that's interesting to hear you say the that little nugget about getting the ball out quickly and how much that actually was a good thing because I think that's what they're gonna have to do in this matchup against the Bears because um, one of the things you'll see, Mike, is like Robert Quinn's just a completely different player than he was last year, and yeah. that's that's making Khalil Mack a lot better. So the the pass rush is there. Um, and I, I guess then what's your expectation for how much success that they can have because the Bears secondary is still young. And as we've seen so many times in these matchups, it doesn't necessarily matter how good the Bears defense is. Rogers seems to find his shots yeah. downfield and make the big plays anyway. Yeah. I think when Green Bay's on offense, uh, well, here's the, the overall challenge I think of the game is that the Bears are going to have to score. Because I, I think even as good as the Bears' defense is, unless there are anomalies in this, the Packers and Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to get their points. So, uh, and to that point, we talk about Aaron through the air. Uh, their offense is so often predicated on the commitment to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the ground. And when they commit to it, the Packers are really tough to stop. 
Jones, I still think, is one of the top three running backs in the league. A.J. Dillon is, is emerging, and the way he runs people over, uh, he, he is, he's a big fella, and he doesn't go down easily. It's a really good thunder and lightning kind of combination in, in the running game. Um, and I, I just think that here's the – I was talking about red zone. So the Packers a year ago offensively scored touchdowns on 77, 75% of, between 75 and 77% of their red zone opportunities on offense. That's down to 55 right now. I think it was 77 a year ago. It's 55 now. That's a precipitous drop. And conversely, the Packers defense has not gotten a stop in the red zone. Every red zone entrance of the opponent has been a touchdown this year. So something's going to have to change there, too. Green Bay's banged up, uh, certainly on defense, with Jair Alexander out again. Um, it, and, and no, no, um, no Zadarius Smith all season yet. So probably the two best defenders that Green Bay can put on the field. Uh, one has not played this year, and one's not going to play for a few weeks in Jair Alexander. Mike, kind of going off that, are, are the Packers good at stopping the run? If you look at the, the regular stats, I think they, they rank 11th. If you get into the advanced stuff from like football outsiders, I think they drop all the way down to the late 20s. I'm just curious, um, considering the injuries and whatnot, how would you gauge their ability to, to stop the run? Because we know the Bears are going to go into this game trying to yeah. establish the running backs. Yeah, I think they've been pretty good, John. I, th- I think that they've been pretty good against the run. And I think the Packers defense has been pretty good in its uh, totality other than the red zone, which is really hard to figure. But between the 20s, Green Bay's defense has been really uh, pretty good. The, the problem is, honestly, is that Jair Alexander a lot of times takes away a third of the field and he's not playing. Eric Stokes is a really good rookie defensive back. I think they have learned to love him. He's their top choice, um, but he's a rookie, so he's going to make mistakes. Uh, I think Adrian Amos, you guys are familiar, he kind of captains this defense, and um, and they're getting some linebacker help. I don't know if Jalen Smith is going to play. If he does, I don't know how much he'll play. The new acquisition from Dallas a week ago, getting acclimated to the system. Um but I do, to answer your original question, I don't think other teams have been fully committed to the ground against Green Bay, so it's hard to measure. Uh, and maybe we'll get a better measure on Sunday. One thing I'm hearing in this conversation is the over. Sounds uh, sounds pretty good on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, uh, right? Uh, John, I know you had a fun question that you wanted to ask, so why don't you go ahead and oh, do that Oh, yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike? Aaron Rodgers couldn't do it, and I think this is a, a fun part of the conversation this week with Justin Fields coming uh, up next in line for the Bears quarterbacks. Um, can you name all 16 quarterbacks that have started for the Bears since Aaron Rodgers took over in 2008? No, no, I can't. And I was I used this stat yesterday on uh, on my show after we talked to Adam Um that since 92, the Bears have started 20 quarterbacks in this rivalry and the Packers have started three. Um, I was trying to figure out who the third was for Green Bay because it was Favre, Rodgers, and then I don't know in the the two Rodgers injury years if that was the third starter. It's Brett Hundley. It's Brett Hundley. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Hundley versus Trubisky, was it not? 
And John's, we got to wait a minute. We got to figure out what the number Because I, I looked this up yesterday. I got 11. Are you sure it's 16? I think it's 11. Well, it depends if you're going against the Packers or who have just started in general for the Bears. That's the difference. That's the semantic difference. Oh, I don't know. Well, anyway, I looked up I looked up the 11 quarterbacks and like I looked at, literally looked them up yesterday for a story I was writing and I still can't remember them all even though I looked it up yesterday. But I do know that there's some fun fun names on there like like Todd Collins and Brian Hoyer and guys like that. It's just uh it's a it's a never-ending list and for yeah, the pa- and- Packers it's I I don't it's it's on one one end it's insane how many of the Bears quarterbacks but part of what makes this amazing is like I think it's actually more insane that for the Packers it's basically yep. been two. Yeah, that that that's the part that that is stunning to me is that 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 Green Bay has gone really since 90, 1992 with two starting quarterbacks, and on the Rodgers a couple of uh, collarbone uh, injury seasons they've had to go to others, but. Um, you know, and, and Scott Tolzien is in there and Hundley is in there. And, um, you know, they just they didn't find any success when they had to go away. But it is I do think it's more extraordinary that Green Bay has gone with two starting quarterbacks over the last 29 years. Wow. It's, I mean, that that's extraordinary. And a lot of fans didn't like the rhetoric. And I'm not talking about a handful of vocal minority. I would say that the crowd split on Packers fan base on anti Rodgers in the offseason was 50 50. Like there was about 50% of Packers fans that said, get him out of here. He doesn't want to be here. Go ahead. Let's bring on next. And it, like I said, it wasn't a small vocal minority. I thought it was a 50 50 split. Now, when the season goes on and you see how um, amazingly. 12 plays the position. I think some of that split probably goes away, but we've had this conversation before. Aaron has never been beloved by the fan base. His performances, but the guy has never resonated with Packers fans away from the 60 minutes of football every week. And even then he's had some detractors just from a body language or facial expression, things of that nature. So isn't that extraordinary? Man, but listen, yeah. But that's because he's what he, he's he's good Jay Cutler. I've always said that. He is he's a good <laughs> version of Jay Cutler. Yep. Yeah, be there's careful a lot what to you that. wish for. That, that whole quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, be, be, the whole the continuity, consistency, whatever you want to call it a quarterback, it's changed the rivalry. Because before yeah. Favre, I mean that was the the, the eighty Bears that kinda Separated yeah, themselves uh, the, for a bit, and then what was it? A few years ago, the Bear, uh, the Packers, finally took over the win-loss record in this yeah, rivalry. Yeah, now they're up by six, I think. Yes. Yeah, and I do think that the singular difference has been quarterback. Now you can go much deeper. The Packers have had great coaching and leadership. Um, you know, the run of general managers from Ron Wolf to Ted Thompson, and and I know that now that the jury is out for some on Gutekunst, but the the leadership standpoint has been pretty good and consistent too but let you don't need to to get too deep into that this has been about quarterback play all right mike what's your uh thought on a prediction for this week yeah i still think green bay uh is is the better team here's the issue um is that their injuries defensively have really added up and that makes it nervy but green bay is going to score 30 points can the Bears score 30 points? 
You know, and so to me, I've got Green Bay winning 34-21, 34-24, maybe a 10-point, 13-point game. I still think the Green Bay is going to score. They've got most of their elements working offensively. Still miss Dave Bakhtiari. Uh, Elton Jenkins, I'm not sure he's an iffy, um, but getting better. But the way they run the ball with Aaron Jones, the way they run it with, with Dylan, the way they throw it with Favre, the way Adams can – uh, just change what a defense has to do. And Bobby Tunyon can do some things too. I just like Green Bay to score more than 30, and I don't think the Bears can. I agree. If they score 30 points, the Packers are winning for sure. Uh, all right. We appreciate it, Mike. Always appreciate the time. Follow him on Twitter at Heller Sports. You can hear him on Heller and Davis, 97.3 the game in Milwaukee, Fox Sports, 1070 the game in Madison, and all over the state of Wisconsin. Appreciate it, Mike. All right, boys. Glad to do it. Thanks, Mike. All right. Well, that was interesting that Mike expects the Packers to score a lot of points in this game. I have to say, I think he's underrating the Bears' defense a little yeah. bit. And and here's it does. It's not even just about this year. Oh, he's putting the glasses on. Like yeah, because <laughs> I'm starting to be blind again. Thank you, LASIK surgery. It's mainly because my computer screen's so far away, and these things are small. But what I was going to say is. All right, if you're going off uh, the last year's results, I could see why you think the Packers would score a lot of points. They scored 35 in the season finale at Soldier Field, and they scored 41 at Lambeau. But I would say in most years, going back, the, the defense has done a decent job against Rodgers. Like, I think we forget that. Like, Rodgers has certainly, he has 55 touchdowns in his career against the Bears to only 10 interceptions. He, uh, I put his record in my story. 25 is his record against Chicago Bears. Like, he's had plenty of su- success. But it's not like he's blowing the Bears out in, in most of these games. Go back to 2019. The Packers scored 21 points, and they scored 10 points. In 18, they scored 17. In 24, in 17, they scored 23. And then they did put up 35 at Lambeau Field that year. Um, 30 in one of the games in 16, 26 in the other. But now we're starting to get into teams that were not very good, right, for the Bears. Yeah. Um, I believe you're in the John Fox era of things. Yeah. You go back Although to the home, the home Brett Favre homecoming game is in there somewhere. Yeah, that was the Bears victory, the seventeen to thirteen win in twenty fifteen at Lambeau Field, and that was the game Rodgers played the whole game, right? I believe so. Or was that the one? There's been so many Bears Packers games that they all uh, start to blend together now, except for like certain moments in them. Yeah. Uh, if well, you look at what the Bears have allowed too, um, other than what. The Rams kind of exploding for a little bit in a game that was close. People forget that. That game was close for a bit, but, I mean, that was 34 points on the Bears' defense. After that, they, what, 17, 26 by the Browns, but that game got away from them, 14 by the Lions, 9 from the Raiders. They've been stout. I'm just saying, like, it. it's not like Rodgers is usually exploding for massive numbers against the Bears. I mean, he's certainly... But I would say it's kind of like that Rams game, right? The Bears' defense wasn't necessarily bad. They, I mean, they didn't play well when it was all said and done, but a lot of that came on, like, five plays. 
Three you can't have plays. those five plays. Those will kill you to have those busted coverages and things like that. And Aaron Rodgers will certainly be the one that kills you. And so, hey, maybe that's the scenario on how the, the Packers do get to 30 points in this game. And and I did also say in that interview, I'm starting to like the over the more we talk about all this. Um, and we'll get to our predictions here in a second. I just wanted to point that out, that there's been there's been plenty of games where the Packers still win. They still clearly look like the better team, but they don't even get to 20 points. Well, Mike brought up what the Saints did with the two high looks. Yeah. The Bears have been very diverse in their coverages. Yeah, they've done a good job mixing it up. Yes, yes, they're mixing it up. Sean Desai's got a lot of things going on. All right, let's get to our three big questions. All right, number one. What will progress look like for Justin Fields on Sunday? Will there be any, let's call it, significant signs of it against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I think so. I mean, I think especially when you hear the injuries that they've had, I think there's going to be opportunities in this game to get some more shots downfield. And there's some surprising numbers that have been going around on social media, if you've seen them. But if you take out garbage time, Justin Fields, the last couple of weeks, has been right up there in expected points per play on average. Um, and deep ball percentage, too. That one really surprised me. He's up there like at the top in terms of percentage of throws downfield. Now, part of that's because, you know, it doesn't feel like the Bears go deep a lot, but they also haven't been having him throw a ton either. So when you actually do the percentage of his passing attempts that have gone downfield, it's quite a bit. So you start talking about a game where, I don't know, this feels like a game the Bears are probably going to be trailing again instead of having a lead. Are they going to have to throw more? If they do, that percentage of throws downfield, I think there's going to be opportunities. I'm just... I think that's what progress is going to look like for Justin Fields. I have a column up now, five thoughts on five games from Justin Fields. And if you take out games one through three, sorry, if you separate games one and, and three, four and five, significantly different just in terms of EPA, success rate, um, even traditional passer rating. You know, there's just um, signs of growth, real concrete signs of growth that you can find statistical evidence for. So it's just something to keep in mind. I think you're seeing it, and I just think back to like all these calm drops, if you will, but like misplays by the receivers. There was one against the Raiders where Fields was rolling out to his left. I think he targeted Allen Robinson. It was like a third and ten play. Like that needs to be a completion. That needs uh, to be a ball that's caught by his best receiver, supposed best receiver. Um, I think those plays you'll start to 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 see hit on a bit more as their practices continue to add up. Number one, two. What, sorry, ahead. one just quick more specific thing. Also, take less hits. Yes. You're not going to come out clean. They're not all on him. But the ones where he's getting outside, that would be a sign of progress too. Don't take those hits. Protect yourself. Number two. Set the overrunner on sacks on Aaron Rodgers. Like you mentioned in our conversation with Mike, they lead the league with 18. Set the over under for us, Adam. Um, I'm gonna put it at two. I wanted to do one and a half. You got to think about the matchup. Rogers is very good at getting the ball out of his hands. He gets sacked though. Yeah, he does. People, people forget that he's been sacked a lot in his career. He'll hold it. Yeah, I'm going two and a half. That's what I would say. 
You're going to set it at two and a half. Okay, I would take take the under then because I think it'll be two. I I take the over. I think it's going to be three. Okay. Well, then that's a good over-under set two and a half because it's halfway between two and three. He's been sacked. Where is it at? Ten times this year. Okay. So that's uh, that's two per game. Mm-hmm. So it looks like I win that argument. Well, let's see on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. Number three. Big picture question. Is this a real rivalry? Like, for real, real. And will Justin Fields be the quarterback who finally changes it? So it is a rivalry in the historical sense, but I know where you're coming from on this question. It's Thank funny you. you asked me this because, you know, the guys I'm in my fantasy league with, they're all Packer fans, every single one of them. And they texted me last night about this because they they were genuinely curious. Like, do players really care about rivalries? Like, do they really, like, play harder? Do they get... Is, and my answer was, I think rivalries are real, if there's legitimate bitterness in there. Um, and I don't think that there's been bitterness in this rivalry for there's a while. There's been now. trash talk, though. Whether it's making Mitch Trubisky play quarterback or the same thing was it Charles Woodson who was very critical of Jay Cutler. Like, there's been shots yeah. from the team up north. Right, the Charles Bears Woodson's just already been able in the to... Hall of Fame, though, man. That's been a while, you know. Like, yeah, but those, like, I remember those. I know what you're saying, but they've they're allowed to take that shots because it's become so one sided. It really has. Yeah, I just like. I'm not about to call the White Sox Astros a rivalry, but when you see a game played like that the other day, where like both teams are obviously not happy with each other. You got guys getting hit, and there's legitimate talk and interviews in the media. Like, that's that's what a rivalry looks like. I don't know if that's going to carry on beyond just this one playoff series, but I'll give you an example. Like, another example. I don't know if the Blackhawks Canucks is a rivalry anymore, but man, when those oh, two teams were facing years, yeah, each yeah. other in those years, and you wrote all about it, John, in that great piece you did on the Hawks, was that last year, I think? Yeah. Like, that. That felt like a rivalry. Like it, there was legitimate bitterness. Like the Sedin twins are talking shit every day. Like it, it, I, that was cool. So where's that? Like I want to see some of that. But I it, think you know what, what it's going to take is the Bears actually having success and stop yes, being Michigan. Yes, yes. I, I, <laughs> there you go. I, I think what you have is like you mentioned your friends texting you. I this this is the time of year that I get. The text message, too, from you and I have both spent some time in school up north. All right. So here was one the other day. Yesterday, 6.23 p.m. You need any quotes about this lack of rivalry? That's trash talk, but it's it's the truth. Like, you even hear it. Like, did you watch Aaron Rodgers' press conference from up there? Like, yeah, he's saying all these he, nice things about he, Chicago. And he, but he gives off the same vibe. You know, like, I'm sure they don't like me. You know, because well, they, they've won so much. So, no, I would say this isn't a real rivalry right now because it's been so lopsided right. in favor of the Packers. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. All right. That's a good question, though. I like that one. All right, we should do uh, bold predictions. Bold predictions. There it is. Cole Komet will not only catch a pass in this game, but a touchdown pass. Wow. For the Chicago Bears. 
That's pretty big. That's a bold prediction. Bold. Go bold or go home. Bold prediction. Um, I this is. I think this is bold. I think um, Justin Fields throws the ball over twenty five times. Is that is that bold enough? That's well. That's a, maybe a game plan getting away from the Bears, but well, then you can kind of see where I'm going with this. I guess how many did you have last week? Twenty. And that was a game they were in control of the whole time. Maybe I'll say thirty. Is that bold? Thirty. That's very bold. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna have to. Because I think they're going to be playing from behind a little bit. So, um, you want to go ahead with your prediction? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like everybody's going to pick the Packers again. Just like last week, picking the Raiders. So, you, I'll be the... Yeah, just go ahead and do it. Adam Jones, right. go ahead. Thank you, Adam Whitman. I'm going to go 27, 24 Bears. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. But that's the pick. Uh, probably not. Um, See, that's what we're just so used to. You know, yeah. like, we're just so used to, oh, uh, the Packers are going to win. Who knows? The Bears have been playing nasty. Mike Heller gave you reasons to think that the defense or their defense has serious problems with all their injuries. Who knows? Look, if the Bears can sustain drives and play as physical as they did against the Raiders, and I do like where they're headed in that direction, it's there on tape. In fact, it was even more impressive on tape than it was like when we when Kevin and I were reacting live right after the game. Um, like you felt that during the game, you felt that physicality, and if you can bring that to this rivalry game, then maybe it will become a rivalry game. You know, like it's got it. They got a chance, um, but until I see it, until I see them actually do it against Aaron Rodgers until I see... And I guess that's the thing that worries me. Sometimes when they win, the blown coverage where the guy's running wide open downfield and drops the ball last week doesn't really get talked about in the same way as it did when Cooper Cup was running wide open downfield. It worries me that that still happened last week. There's still some of those plays sprinkled in. And when it happens with the Packers, you know how it ends. It ends with Randall Cobb breaking the hearts of the entire franchise in a Week 17 game. It's Week 6, though. Well, he's still on this roster, by the way. He's back on that roster. Don't Where know did he that. go before? He took a little break somewhere. He went, uh, I think he was with the Cowboys. And I was going to say Dallas. So, um, yeah, I got to go Packers until then. So, I'm going to say Packers 20 to 17. Ooh. See, I feel like if it's a low-scoring game, the Bears are going to win. Yeah, check that. You know what? No, no, because I this is becoming one of those podcasts where now I'm saying things that don't match. Because earlier I said I like the over. The over was I think it's 44 right now. So we'll add more points. To that. I think Packers 20. Let's We're going to have to go weird. Packers 25, Bears 20. Yeah, the scores could be kind of yeah. strange in this game. Like, you know what I kind of see coming to, to light? Like the Bears taking a lead. 
like even like a 10-point lead in this game. I know you're saying they'd be playing behind, but one of those classic come-from-behind Aaron Rodgers games where he just gets closer and closer and closer and whether or not that defense can make the stop. See, that's where I think they're going to be in trouble. I think the Packers take the lead. And that's where the Bears haven't been in their wins. They had a huge lead against Cincinnati. They had a lead against the Lions. They're playing with a lead for most of the game against the Raiders. I think that's where it's probably going to end up being the difference. So, we'll see. Should be fun. Uh, let's pick these other games, though. Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? Uh, don't know. Probably see him soon, though. Noon on Fox, opposite the uh, Bears and Packers. The Bengals continue their NFC North tour. They finish it this week in Detroit. They play the Lions. The Lions are three-and-a-half-point home underdog. Bengals. How'd you feel about Dan Campbell crying? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I kind of like Dan Campbell, I think. I do, too, but... They're playing the, the, hard every game. The, the macho NFL world. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's an emotional game. I can't figure out the Bengals. They did not look good against the Bears. That's the game I keep going back to. Like, are the Bears actually decent? Because if the Bengals are good, like the Bears were clearly better. They almost beat the Packers last week. I I don't know. I'm going to actually go with the Lions here getting the three and a half. Okay. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Lions win. Would not surprise me at all. I think we got to um, come out hard and stay hard. Ooh, a classic one. Classic. Fox Noon. This is not a classic. It's just a game being played. Vikings at Panthers. Panthers are a one-point home underdog in this game, which is an interesting line to me. You know, there are some numbers out there and indications that the Vikings might not be terrible. They've had some crazy games. Like some heart Vikings. Yeah. Every year it's the same thing with them, isn't that? It is. uh, Kicking problems galore. Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. When my cousin's texting me asking me um, if if he should be just become a Bears fan, you know it's pretty bad. I told him I I would not recommend that for his health, but it is pretty tough up there in Minnesota. This is an interesting spread to me, though, that the Panthers, who have taken a, a step back here recently, are actually home underdogs in this game. Yeah, Sam Darnold isn't the Sam Darnold that we praised a few weeks ago on this podcast, but their defense is darn good. Mm-hmm. Very darn good. Look at any rankings you want. They're all up there at the top. Um, give me the Panthers winning this one. Yeah, I think I'm going with the Panthers, too. Um, but kind of a stay-away situation. That that line's weird to me. All right, so two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. CBS Noon Chargers at Ravens. It's a good game. Yeah, I wish I put the over-under in this one because... There's going to be some fireworks. It's going to be fun awesome. to watch. Offensive fireworks. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Two of the best young quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, uh, John's household favorite. Um, the, I'm the taking Ravens the Ravens. Are, Ravens are a three-point favorite. Sorry, yes. I'm taking the Ravens in this one. Uh, the I, I think that energy they have from their last their comeback 
win is going to carry over. And like the Chargers seem to be playing with fire a little bit. Their defense isn't very good. Um, give me Lamar Jackson the shootout over Justin Herbert. See, but two weeks ago the Chargers defense looked pretty good. And that was against the Raiders. Um, but man, Lamar Jackson's playing out of his world. I like the Chargers. I just getting three points. I think this is a good close game. I think the Ravens might end up winning, but if you're gonna if you're gonna make me pick, and I'm gonna take the team getting three, so I'm gonna take the Chargers. Okay. And Kendall Fuller delivering for the Bears defense. Kendall Fuller is best when he's off and can break on the football. CBS three oh five. The Cardinals at the Browns. This is a big game. Uh, the Cardinals have had problems as of late. Um, have they? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they they barely beat the the Forty ers right? Like seventeen fourteen was. That's that? a tough game. That's a tough I, divisional I, I, game. Uh, they I know. They I handled know. the four. In fact, their defense showed up big time. It did. It did. It did. I'm gonna they're, take. They're undefeated. I'm gonna take the Cardinals in this one because I don't know if the Browns really believe in Baker Mayfield. Like, I got to be honest. Yeah, this lack of a contract and you know what they do sometimes in games. I think it's kind of real. I know the Browns are favored, but give me the Cardinals on the road. Like there's going to be pressure for Miles Garrett, but Kyler Murray with his experience has a better chance of escaping it as opposed to Justin Fields a few weeks ago. Well, it's a little alarming to see the Browns give up the amount of points in the second half that they did to the Chargers last week because uh, yeah. Kyler Murray and that Cardinals offense can exploit it. So um, that I'm going to say though, them coming home, the Browns coming home back to Cleveland with the struggles they had, they're going to make those corrections. Ah, man, this, I can't believe I'm like having to pick from either of these franchises. It's tough, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the Browns, I guess. Sounds convincing, doesn't it? Very. We win this game tonight. Adam Hall will be rhetorically dancing in the, with his verbiage. Two outs. Here's Luke Boyd pinch batting. Monday night, ESPN, 7-15. A rematch of a game last year, which the Titans blew out the Bills. Kind of a weird result. The Bills, though, this time, back in Nashville, are five and a half point favorites. So the Titans are a five and a half point underdog at home. I'm going to take the Titans to cover, but the Bills to win. No one's really talking about the Titans, are they? The Cardinals, the Bills. Well, they know, lost to the Bengals getting a lot of. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, but they're still pretty good, right? Still got the NFL's leading rusher. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to mean much against the Bills, who have one of the best defenses in the league, but. Give me the Titans to keep this close, but give me Josh Allen in the victory. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills to cover. I think if they can... Um, hey, there's always uh, the the fear of the letdown game when you go into Kansas City and dominate the Chiefs. They clearly look like the better team. If they were coming back and playing this game like at noon on Sunday, I'd be like, yeah, I could see the Titans... Pulling us off, but the fact that it's another it's a another big primetime game with all the hype. It's Monday night. Like I think the focus will be there. I think the Bills are really good. Josh Allen's really good. That offense is good. The defense is good. I mean, the Bills really they're 
they could end up being the most complete team in football. Yeah, yeah. They they, they really could. So, yeah, I'm going to, until I see otherwise, I'm going to take the team that did not lose to the Jets two weeks ago. <laughs> hey, and Josh Allen's fun to watch in primetime. Yeah. He really is. He is. So, uh, that's a fun one on Monday night. Can't wait to watch it. Some good games there. Bears-Packers week. That's always exciting. Got to love it. Got to be excited for the weekend. 27-24. You heard it here first. So if the Bears win, we'll give full credit to John Z first prediction and then full credit to me for pissing off Justin Fields, right? Correct. That's how it works. Okay. Just want to make Power sure. and the influence of this podcast. It has grown. No debating that. We'll see if it can actually have a direct impact on this rivalry that's become lopsided. <laughs> Be more like Ohio State, not Michigan. Much as that pains me to say that, because you know my oh, feelings about Ohio State. Yeah. Ugh. I know. All right, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, NBC Sports Chicago for me, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Plenty of coverage leading up to Bears Packers stuff you want to see. Highlights of dude just demolishing defensive backs. Get out of the way of Jason Peters. Jonathan Abram. You don't want that smoke. Oh, man. It was a suplex, by the way. I think I said superplex. Superplex, yes. Actually, I uh, was close. Someone in the YouTube comments correctly called it a spine buster that was more spine buster if you see the reverse angle yeah we're talking about the james daniels play now yes that's definitely more spine buster than rock bottom so tip of the hat to a youtube commenter but suplex was close if i had said it i said superplex no right no okay sorry that's not my see ya (laughs) no another see ya bye guys I i thought you set me up See ya. F*** you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs>